Unica, Circumpolar Waves, an ICC podcast. I'm Madeline Alekarelek, your host for this edition of Unicat, Circumpolar Waves. Welcome to our special series of podcasts for the ICC Inuit Artist of the Month. On the first Thursday of every month in 2023, we are hearing from one of the 12 winners and that's thanks to funding by the Department of Canadian Heritage, the Indigenous Language Component. Each artist is provided a bursary to further their art. Today, my guest is Mika Kumaksiutiksak. She's originally from Kangatlinik, Rankin Inlet, Nunavut, here in Canada, but she now lives in Ottawa. She's known as Iqaluk, an interdisciplinary artist and a therapeutic art practitioner. We'll find out what that means. She creates images, paintings, wall hangings, and healing spaces. So much of what we need in Inuit country. Congratulations, Mika, and welcome. Am I saying your name right, Mika? Yes, it is Mika. Thank you for having me. Oh, hi, Mika. I've heard so much about you. Like, you know how the Inuit world is so small sometimes, but I've never met you. Hi. <laughs> hi, I'm so happy to meet you. I've followed you online my whole life seeing you. So it's a pleasure to be with you today. <laughs> I am um, really enjoying these podcasts. I even got to interview another Kumaksiutiksak. How many of you are there? <laughs> There's a bunch of us. <laughs> that is so amazing. Um, so that was your brother that I spoke to? Yes, my brother Simic Kumaksiutiksak. What a great name, Simic. And so tell us about you two. Like now I'm talking to you with your work as a um, therapeutic arts practitioner. What's up? How did you, how did the Kumaksiutiksaks get into this field of, of therapy? Um, so I don't even know how to start this conversation, but I can say that my Ananatsiak, her name was Ekaluk, and she was an artist, and I wanted to be just like her. So when I was little, I started doing art, and then my brother and I would start doing art together, and We've just continued that as adults, and it's something we really enjoy doing individually and collectively, and it's super fun. Mm-hmm. So good for you. How do you describe therapeutic arts? So therapeutics, a therapeutic arts practitioner is someone who uses art as a tool to assist people in sharing their stories. So I always share that therapeutic arts is a release of emotions through different art forms. And so what are your art forms, Mika? So I love painting. I love making wall hangings. I love throat singing. I find throat singing so much fun and such an amazing way to connect with others and getting to know them. Um, I do drawing, a little bit of everything, to be honest. That's amazing. You mentioned your grandmother, your Ananatsiak Akkaluk. What a great name. So Rankin Inlet um, was your home in the early years and now you're in Ottawa? Yes so I call Rankin Inlet my home. I'll move back there one day when the opportunity presents itself. It's where I feel at Uh peace, where I feel loved, where I feel known but I am speaking with you from Ottawa which has a very large population of Inuit um, which is why I've stayed in the city for so long because there's a huge community out here. And so 
you were brought back to Rankin through the Arctic Rose Foundation. I spoke to your brother Simic and he had a connection to that. Um, tell us about your connection to Susan Agluka, who is also oh. my hero. Yeah, she's mine too. <laughs> um, so with the Arctic Rose Foundation, they had a pilot project around four years ago. And Susan Aglukak had reached out to me asking me to join the pilot project as like a youth worker and advocate and kind of, you know, give some insight and in reporting because that's what I do in my daytime job. I'm a child and youth advocate for Inuit children and youth. Okay. And okay. after I saw the positive and beautiful impact that program had on, you know, the community and others around me, I really wanted to stay involved in the growth of the program. And the program mm -hmm. is to create emotionally safer spaces for children and youth through arts. And it's actually what led me to become a therapeutic arts practitioner. So where is this passion coming from? Where is this need of wanting to help in relation to children and youth coming from for you? For me, I think that it's very important for Inuit children and youth to have Inuit leadership in their life because it shows them that everything is possible inside of who they are. And I think in terms when we look at like our colonial history, Inuit children and youth were not always respected. So creating safer spaces for them is my passion. I love doing that because, you know, children are our future. So anything to support them is basically my goal in life. Mm -hmm. How was your own childhood? It was it was good. It was interesting moving from Nunavut to the South. I found it very hard to adjust to the Southern lifestyle, which is probably why I became so passionate in serving Inuit children and youth in the city, like creating spaces to know your culture, your language, your history. It empowers people. And I didn't have that mm -hmm. when I left Inuit Nunangat for a long time. So I wanted to make sure that I created that space in my adult life. That's beautiful. So in making those connections, um, social media is very important. Um, you have an Instagram page known as uh, Iqaluk, and you mentioned um, decolonization. Uh, specifically, I'm going to be pinpointing the disappearance of traditional uh, shamans, Angakwit. Um, what is your message about this? Like, Why did you take that avenue? Thank you so much for asking. I'm excited to share. So I do believe that our spirituality is hidden beneath and Western practices that don't align with our spiritual health. I believe that aspects of our spirituality will bring collective healing back into our communities. And it's a spirituality that's just as beautiful as anybody else's faith. And I'm not willing to let go of it. I'm not an expert, but I'm here to learn, to listen, to create space for that conversation to thrive again. Mm -hmm. So if I were to be in your therapeutic arts class as a practitioner yourself, what would I experience? Okay, that's a good question. Um, so one of my favorite um, workshops that I like to deliver, it's called a beautiful flower workshop. So I usually ask people, I can ask you, if you think of a flower, what does a flower need to grow? That's a very good question because having grown up in Resolute Bay, where there's very little vegetation and very little sunshine. I mean, obviously the sun comes um, 24 hours, um, but it's cold. And the little flowers that did grow um, definitely needed the sun. Um, I love the sun. 
I mean, Me obviously, too. there's lots of things for flowers to grow. Yeah. But the sun. The sun. That's perfect. <laughs> That's a perfect answer to this question is, so in my workshops, when I talk about flowers, I ask people what flowers need to grow. And you mentioned the sun. Some people mentioned mm -hmm. water. And then we talk about mm -hmm. the flower needing a correct environment to grow. So I ask people mm -hmm. to think of themselves as flowers on a particular topic. And I ask them, what do they need to grow? And then we create petals and flowers and kind of like different, different, lots of different kind of flowers. And we talk about what the right environment for them is. And that's one mm -hmm. way that I use therapeutic arts in practice. That's beautiful. And so what has it taught you? What has having done all of that um, as a young Inuk woman uh, taught you? I think it's taught me that we all express ourselves differently. And sometimes, especially, so I do specialize in PTSD within therapeutic arts. And I think sometimes when we look at intergenerational trauma, it's hard to name exactly, you know, what could be painful for us out loud. And so being able to do art first and think about and reflect on questions, it helps us find the words we need to use to share with the world. Mm -hmm. Mika, when I spoke to your brother Simic, um, therapy was also a big word in our conversations. Is this a family affair, or like, or is it just did it happen uh, so that you are both using your artistic blessings or gifts, if I can call them that, and and sharing your gifts that way with other Inuit? Yeah, I think, you know, every Inuk family, every Inuit family goes through hardship. And so one way for my brothers and I to like heal was using our art forms. And I found that in our adult life, we're better able to share what our hardship was and grow in healing spaces together. We do have another mm -hmm. brother who engages in art. His name is Northern Knowledge. He owns a business called Strong-Minded Inuit. But all three of us, we, we love doing art together and talking about it and what that looks like for others. That must make your parents very proud. I hope so. I hope they, I hope they hear this interview. <laughs> <laughs> and so you mentioned the beauty of flowers. You also have beautiful photos on your Instagram page. Um, but specifically, there's a photo of you related to the missing and murdered Indigenous women and girls, um, two-spirited. That photo um, has a huge significance. Can you tell us more about what it means and what it meant for you or why it's important, please? Of course. Thank you for asking. So I always tell people that my identity as an Inuk woman is what makes me feel beautiful. I love my tattoos. I love my culture. I love my language. I love our communities. It's like where you thrive, where people know you, where you feel safe. And that, that image was so important for me to capture because it's really important that we end violence against Indigenous women at large. And to do that, we have to be open about the reality within our communities. I always share with young people that missing and murdered Indigenous women, girls, two-spirit, it's not a reflection of Inuit identity. It's a reflection mm -hmm. of one way we've been impacted by colonialism. So for me, I wanted to use my voice to echo that the missing and murdered Indigenous women, girls, two-spirit, they will not be silenced. We're going to speak up for them. We're not going to stop talking about it until the epidemic is over. And the reason I do this is because like, they're loved. 
we're loved. If you look mm-hmm. around you mm-hmm. and you see other Inuit women, girls, two-spirit, it's important that representation on this issue is like seen and heard so that we can work on what collective healing looks like for our communities and creating safer spaces. Mm-hmm. Do you have safe spaces in, in Ottawa where you are? Yes. So I do think that there's a lot of beautiful spaces for Inuit to thrive and to be themselves and who they are. But with living down south, you will see high numbers of Inuit women going missing or becoming murdered. And it's not okay. It's just not okay. And it's very sad. It happens all the time. I'm getting a little emotional speaking about it, but it's really important Mm -hmm. for us in this moment to share that out loud because it is a reality. And so with the work that you do, Mika, what needs to change? How will we change that so that not one more Inuk or one more Indigenous woman or girl goes missing? I think as a community, we're doing everything we can with being open about this and, you know, being happy in who we are and where we come from. I think a lot of work has to come on behalf of other communities that are involved with seeing this happen because we can we can yell all we want but we actually need, you know, safer spaces created. And I think a lot of education within high schools and elementary schools talking about Indigenous people in positive light, talking about Inuit in a positive way is going to help change the future generation and what it looks like for our communities. And for the sake of our listeners, um, ICC, the Inuit Circumpolar Council, um, it, it's circumpolar. This is not just an Inuit issue. It's a circumpolar issue where um, Inuit women um, and those of our sisters, the indigenous, other indigenous women do go missing. And um, it's a conversation that is not new, but a conversation that needs to be had I'm honored to be able to have that kind of discussion with you, Mika, because it's so important. But equally is how you choose your gifts, um, including um, singing that you share. There's a, a, a video of you on YouTube, speaking of social media, of you performing a song called Almost Lover. Tell us more about that. Yeah, I'm blushing. <laughs> that that um, YouTube... <laughs> That YouTube video is um, from when I was younger, actually, when I was in high school. I'm, I'm like almost 12 years older now. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was in a particular singing kind of competition in Ottawa. My parents had wanted me to engage in this, and I'm so happy that I did. That was a very popular song at the time, Almost Lover, and that's why I chose it. At that age, I'll be honest, I didn't really know about what intimate love was, but I have always yeah. thought it's a beautiful song. Your fingertips across my skin, the palm tree swaying in the wind, images. You sing me Spanish lullabies, the sweetest sound.
Akulu. And so your mom is Inuk? My mom is not Inuk. My dad is Inuk. Okay. Asukulu. That's beautiful. What's also beautiful is TikTok. Uh, and <laughs> it seems like everyone and their brothers and sisters are on it. Um, are you reaching a lot of people through TikTok? So I am new to TikTok as of 2023, um, but I am looking to capture the audience of Inuit, Indigenous people, and anybody who works in alignment with our communities. I love sharing art in that space. I can't believe it's taken me this long to get onto TikTok. It's so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm just uh, treading the waters there, um, but I know what you mean. So how does using social media um, help you um share your concerns or your issues or or the things that you're passionate about as as an Inuk artist so I feel in most spaces I'm a little more quiet so I like using art to tell stories for me um it's easier for me to talk about my art or to you know a picture is worth a thousand words so taking a picture of something in particular can capture a huge audience and I feel mm -hmm. that social media is so beneficial because you can put it out there for the world to see and people can come check in on it if they don't like it they can leave if they do like it they can share your post or even comment on it and that's been very big for me so the photographer his name is David Kakutenel Jr. he was the person who took the photo of me captured with the red handprint we mm -hmm. had just decided when we were together last year that we were going to release that photo. And when we did, we had like tons of thousands of shares and views and like the support from the community was so overwhelming. It empowered me to mm -hmm. continue capturing these types of images. Um, but community love is so important. Without that community love, like artists wouldn't be able to share their stories like this. Very much so. And so Mika, um, what's this year looking like for you and beyond what would you how do you see yourself uh, in the next uh, little while so in the next little while I still want to mm -hmm. continue releasing images that I'm captured in around Inuit identity or history or kind of like contemporary barriers but in mm -hmm. 2003 I'm creating a large wall hanging the project is called Ekaluk Spirit my goal is to celebrate my Ananatsiaq and her gifts in this project. And it's a way for me mm -hmm. to, I don't know, just connect with her, even though she's not here on earth. So I'm really excited to create that wall hanging. I found out a few years ago that one of her wall hangings is in a vault in the Winnipeg Art Gallery. And the image was sent to me and I was like, oh my goodness, my heart was so touched. Like my Ananatsiaq made that, like her hands touched mm -hmm. it, right? And so I'd really like to see them side by side together one day. We look forward to that very much so. Um, Mika, lastly, what would you like to say to um, young Inuit? And then what would you like to say to um, our listeners uh, across continents who are okay. listening to this interview? Mm -hmm. So to young Inuit, I want you all to know, to believe in yourself, no matter what your dream is, you're more than capable to accomplish it. And you have a whole community of support. Don't be afraid to be who you are. Learn your language, learn your culture, honor that part of our communities. But whatever you want to do with your life, you are more than capable of doing it. And then to across continents, um, 
I'm so proud that our communities can connect like this internationally. Mm -hmm. It feels amazing. It's so good. I love seeing Inuit thriving everywhere and no matter where you live, like mm -hmm. we have beautiful communities and I'm I'm happy to stand from one. Likewise. Very much, Mika. I'm so proud to finally meet you, even though uh, it's um, in this way. I wish you all the best. And always remember that your ancestors stand behind you. Uh, no matter what challenges, uh, we stand as thousands. Um, looking outside, it's, um, you know, some of the harshest temperatures that our ancestors survived in. And uh, we need to be very proud of that. I'm proud of you as well. Nakomik for this opportunity to talk to you today and congratulations. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, thank you. Nakomito. Today, my guest was interdisciplinary artist and therapeutic arts practitioner, Mika Kumaksiutiksak, originally from Kangatlinak, Rankin Inlet, Nunavut, and she's now living in Ottawa. Thank you for listening to this special podcast featuring the ICC Inuit Artist of the Month. We hope you enjoyed listening to Unika Circumpolar Waves, an ICC podcast.